Well, hello everybody and welcome to a very early edition of the Players Be Named Later podcast. I'm Ed, that's Dan. Hello, Dan. Hey, Ed. It's uh, been a while. Yeah, all of about three days. We are actually recording this Tuesday morning, bright and early at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, after one of the greatest football games I have ever seen. But we will get to that later. Let's kick this off bright and early with game number one. And this one happened Thursday night, Dan. Well, first off, let me ask you, how you doing, Dan? I'm doing good. I'm alive. I'm kicking. My Ravens are in first place in the division, and uh, it's not even a a question at this point. They could lose two and probably still be in first, so mm. feeling great. Depends on who they lose to, because you got to remember, tiebreakers are what they are. Well, let's talk about how the Ravens did. They went into Raymond James Stadium Thursday night and came away with a 27-22 victory and came away with a defensive stud later in the week. This is your team. This was a nationally televised game. Talk to me about it. What did you like and what didn't you like? Uh, I didn't like the fact that Andrews went out with a shoulder injury. Um, I mean, we're going to let's talk about the bad stuff first. Bateman, Bateman's foot's acting up. Bateman's done for a few weeks. It sounds like Andrew is going, Andrews is going to be very questionable. Um, for the Monday night game this week. It is very likely that we may have the only tight end handcuff from a fantasy perspective in the league, and Isaiah likely, if you see what I did there. Oh, um, it's not good. That was not good. Gus Gus Edwards uh, was running good until he got hurt again. He's going to be questionable as well. We left this game with a lot of injuries. There's a lot of time to heal. <laughs> But from the other side of the ball, I guess I can talk about that, too. Lenny Fournette scored the only rushing touchdown. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers only rushed for 44 yards. Mike Evans did Mike Evans things, going 6 for 123. And Brady went 6 for 44 and looked like an old Tom Brady, if I do say so myself. Um, I'm not not sure what 6 for 44 you're talking about, but all right. 26 for 44. I apologize. Let's talk about them stats because the... Ravens did combine for 238 yards on the ground, and nobody rushed for more than 65. Lamar Jackson, 27 for 38, 238, two scores, was sacked three times out of 43 on the on nine attempts. Gus Edwards, 11 for 65. Kenyon Drake, six, or I'm sorry, seven for 62. And, and then Devin Duvernay had an 18 and a 15-yard rush. One of those was for a touchdown. He also added four catches for 31 yards through the air. So we have all that. And then we go over to the Tampa Bay side, 26 for 44, 325 and a score. Now, Dan, if I were to tell you that Tom Brady has the most passing yards out of anybody in football, what would you say? I'm not surprised. Well, don't be because he does. He was sacked three times. Tampa Bay ran the football. Let's see. What is that? 16 times for only 44 yards. That was bad. We already talked about Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, 11 targets, only six catches for 75 yards. Tom Brady looks old. This has to be his last year. Yeah. I don't know. He's married to the game now. Well, I mean, if you're, if you look as good as Tom Brady does and you have the money that Tom Brady does, why would you waste your time on football when you could be getting bitches? We're going there this early. All right. I'm just going to leave it at that. Dude, this is my night. I've been up since, you know, four o'clock yesterday. Let's move along. Let's go to the, where was this game at? This game Denver was at Wembley. Jacksonville. That was, you're right. Why wasn't it at the stadium that, that Jacksonville owns? Doesn't uh, This is their Con, other stadium. I want to say, doesn't Con own a soccer stadium over there? And completely neglecting that brand. I mean, that's a different conversation for a different time about the cons and neglect of their products. Uh, the Broncos went overseas 21-17 over the hapless Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, there was talk that Nathaniel Hackett's job, this was it. If he loses to Jacksonville in England, this was it. They didn't, thanks to Latavia Murray on a two-yard rush with 143 left to put this game in the Broncos' favor, 21-17. You you watched this one as well. What do you think? The England games, they're done for the year, but uh, 
it's gotta be just it's bad like can we put this novelty to rest uh no it's not gonna go to rest there's too much money involved i can tell you that much um i should say can we put this to rest until a team actually is over there permanently yeah that that's not gonna happen either um but the jacksonville jaguars are gonna be the london jaguars jaguars they're gonna be the london jaguars Five years. All right. Well, in five years, we'll come back to this conversation, and you and I'll tell you how wrong you were. How's that sound? Well, the big thing to come out of this one was the last play of the game. Russell Wilson one yards, a one yard rush. That the replay assistant they called down to have a look at this, and it was upheld, which is a rarity. Most of the time, the replay guys, if they call down, something's getting changed. But that ended the game. If Jacksonville stops them on the Jacksonville 26-yard line, that gives Trevor Lawrence 36 seconds, and I believe they were out of timeouts. But still, 36 seconds is a lot of time to throw a couple passes and and get to get. Well, they were down by four, weren't they? But even then, that's still enough time. That's still yeah, more than enough time. It is more than enough time. I mean, truthfully. And um, that was also set up after a interception by Trevor Lawrence with 143 left. So maybe he takes better care of the football. This is a different game. But uh, neither team really ran away with this nor deserved to win. Yeah, I mean, Broncos country. Let's ride. Trevor uh, Lawrence, 18 for 31, one TD, two picks, two sacks. Do you have more to add to that? Or are you just going to be a smart ass this morning? I mean, I, I do have more to add to that on the Denver side of the ball, but you go through Jacksonville first. Uh, Travis Etienne had himself a day, 24 for 156 in the score on the ground, three catches for six yards through the air. So there was that. How about Jamichael Hasty? Four targets, three catches, negative three yards. It's hard to have three catches and still have negative yardage. But that happened. Other than that, not, nothing really else to say about things from Jacksonville. I mean, Evan Ingram had a pretty decent game. Four for 55 and a touchdown from a fantasy perspective. That's not bad. for But it's still not eye-popping numbers. No, definitely not eye-popping. I mean, ETN showing what he can do with no shoes sharing Robinson. I can tell you that much. Uh, Russ Wilson, 18 for 30, 252 a TD at a pick. He didn't look great, but he didn't look bad. He was also sacked three times. He added 17 yards on four attempts on the ground, including the one-yard rush to seal the game. Uh, Latavius Murray, 14 rushes. 46 yards and a score. He also had one catch for 13 yards. So not a great game from him. Melvin Gordon, nine carries, 29 yards and a score. So not a good game from him either. Uh, Grant, or Greg Dulcich. Dulcich, Yes, I believe he did. Four for 87 and Jerry Judy, six for 63 and a score. So Denver did literally the bare minimum to win this football game. Just enough terrible football team things that are coming out about russell wilson right now when they're coming out of the coming out of the um like the seattle camp sorry i was blanking on the team coming out of the seattle camp i personally think that russell wilson may be the most tone deaf player in the nfl Hmm. which is part of the reason why i said the broncos country let's ride because i don't know if you saw it or not but the interview he did after the game did you see that I've I've seen robots try to speak English, yes. So after the game, he did that too. And if you just look at the lady's face, I can't remember her name and I feel so bad for it, but you could tell she was even disgusted. Aaron Andrews, maybe? No, no. Um, I I can't remember. I I was half asleep because this game put me to sleep. There was nothing exciting about it until the last two minutes. And by then, well, I just, I'm speaking to tone deaf. That's where I was too. Let's put this one to bed and move along. We're going to go to... The Mercedes-Benz, do we call it? Is it? It's just Mercedes-Benz Stadium, right? Now that they moved to that. I forget what. The Chinese food looking. I forget what this one is. To me, that stadium looks like a big Chinese food container. The way the dome opens up, it looks like a Chinese food container. But it's the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, where the Falcons did not deserve to win this game. Carolina did not deserve to win this game. There was a lot of offense, but the biggest one came at the end, and the biggest mistake came at the end. This was a compelling game, but it will be remembered because of an excessive celebration. 
Man, PJ Walker just threw that threw a dime though. Like what a dime! Like that was a hell of a patch, hell of a pass. DJ Moore made a great, uh, he made a great catch too. I mean, that oh, was yeah, the that was a hell of a play. catch, a hell of a pass. Um, I don't really know if this was excessive celebration. I'm actually watching it again right now. Like he took his helmet off, and it cost them 15 yards, and they missed the extra point. Yeah, but I mean, I've seen Send guys the take their, I've overtime. seen, I've seen guys take their helmets off after interceptions in the middle of the field, and they Look. don't get called for excessive celebration. No, 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 no. You're oh, am I missing something here with this rule? He took, he took his helmet off. He took his helmet off while he was still standing in the field of play. Right. I'm saying I've, I've that seen is a that 15 with. yard on sportsmanlike conduct penalty. They enforced it on the extra point, making the extra point, I think a 47 yard try and he missed, which kept the game tied with no time on the clock and sent it to overtime. He doesn't take his helmet off the extra points from 32 yards. They kick the extra point. It's over. Carolina wins this, or I'm sorry, yeah, Carolina wins this football game. Instead, it goes to overtime, and Atlanta wins, improving to four and four. You can't, I mean, both these quarterbacks, they didn't play bad. P.J. Walker, 19 for 36, 317, a TD, a pick, one sack. He also had a 20-yard rush. Uh, Deonta Freeman, 26 for 118 and three touchdowns. How about that? And that was nice for my fantasy teams. DJ Moore, six catches, 152 and a score, and the biggest penalty of his career. Uh, Marcus Mariota, 20 for 28, 253, three TDs. He did get picked twice. He was also sacked twice, but he did look healthy, so that's a good thing. Uh, Caleb Huntley, 16 for 91, and Tyler Algeyer, 14 rushes for only 39 yards. He did have three catches for 46 and a score through the air. Kyle Pitts, five catches, 80 yards and a score. Damier Bird, did I say that right? I'm not sure how to say that. Three for 67, including a 47-yarder for a score. One thing I would like to point out is last week I said from a fantasy perspective that if you are looking for a high-end, what could turn into a high-end wide receiver too, I did bring up Terrence Terrence Marshall Jr. He did go four for 87, which is a solid 12.7 PPR points in a PPR league. Um, And Tyler Algier. Man, I thought he was going to be having a breakout game soon, and he broke out the wrong way. The uh, reason – hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. The, uh, one other thing I want to talk about is Mariota did have a passer rating of over 105.2. Um, I think Mariota may actually screw Atlanta here out of a good draft pick because they are right they, – they are first in this division. Atlanta is, for, is in first place in this division, and you and I both had this team wrong. We had them in, as both dead last in the division, bottom five. Well, who sees Marcus Mariota doing what he does? No, you know? no, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, like, I think this is this is a wild division. Carolina's still in it at two and six, too, which is uh, wild. Well, the reason I said that neither team deserved to win this one, Marcus Mariota threw an interception in overtime that was returned 54 yards to the Atlanta 20 by Carolina. And then Carolina is unable to get a first down. Eddie Pinheiro missed a 32-yard game-winning field goal. Carolina gets the football back. And they go the length. I mean, they pretty much, they go to the Carolina 23. And Young Ho Koo, one of the best kickers names in football, takes care of business. And Carolina comes away with this one. Neither team deserved to win this football game. I'm just going to say it, and I don't feel bad about it. But... They did. Atlanta improves to four and four. Carolina drops to two and six. This race is far from over. Let's talk about something that may be over, and that is the running back controversy in Dallas. As Troy Pollard may have distanced himself from Zeke, who was out of this contest as the Cowboys rolled to a six and two record. They beat the Chicago Bears 49-29 at the Jewel of Texas, AT&T Stadium. This was good for the Cowboys. They put up the most points they have put up since um, all season. And Dak Prescott didn't look bad. It looks like he may be healthy. Troy Pollard had himself a game. What would you think about this one, Dan? Um, so I would also I would just like to say that you're right. There is no running back controversy in Dallas anymore because Jerry Jones has came out and said specifically there is no controversy. Zeke is the guy. 
Well, maybe there is now. I I would roll with Troy Pollard. Or I'm sorry, Tony Pollard, excuse me. Um Dak, Dak Prescott. Go did, ahead. Dak did not look bad. He went 21 for 27 for 250, two touchdowns and an interception. I also want to bring up this is the second game in a row that Justin Fields, I personally thought Justin Fields was going to struggle against a good defense. And Justin Fields had a 120 passer rating with, I mean, he didn't do much, 17 for 23 and 151, but he did throw two touchdowns. And I watched some of this game and, and he looked fairly good. Um, he, I don't really know how else to say it. He rushed for a touchdown as well. He Maybe he's starting to come into his own. Maybe he's not as bad of a quarterback as I thought he was. Um, but I'll tell you what, the Bears defense just got a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, anytime you let the Cowboys rush for as many yards as they did, which was 250, that's a uh, that's a problem. Um, there's nothing really else to. Khalil Herbert, 16 for 99 and a score. David Montgomery, 15 for 63 and a score. And Darnell Mooney, five for 70 is really all you got to talk about for for the Bears. Who? I mean, they're sit at three and five. They're only three games out and they got some interdivisional stuff coming. So they're not necessarily out of the North while the Cowboys can't seem to gain any ground on the perfect Philadelphia Eagles. They may be the best wild card team. And that's going to be a tough match for whoever finishes with the worst division lead. Let's move along. Let's talk about the Miami Dolphins who went into Detroit and came away with a 31-27 victory over the Detroit Lions. This was a good game. This was a real good game. And this one was decided on a Mike Gusecki 11-yard catch from Tua that gave Miami their only lead of the game. Yeah, Miami didn't lead until 12 seconds were left in the game. So how do you like that? This this was sh- compelling. Guess I should actually rephrase that. This was a really good first half. I'm I'm looking at the second half splits here, and they were not that great because the second half was kind of when I left to go do some go run some errands since there was no Ravens game on this Sunday. Yeah, Detroit had a pathetic second half. Um, they didn't do anything. I mean, Jared Goff no still points. didn't look bad. If we're being honest here. Um, but there's there's two different Jared Gall, Jared Gall. You have Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and Dr. Jekyll is always at home. Jared Goff is a much better home quarterback statistically than he is an away quarterback. Um, Tua looks like he's kind of shaking the cobwebs off. I know this Detroit team is not that great, but I mean when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on your team, and even Mike Gesicki's really starting to come into the fold and really starting to solidify himself as a top tight end, even though he didn't do much from a reception or yards point he still got that touchdown um i screwed that up by the way miami led the entire fourth quarter gasecki's touchdown was with 12 seconds left of the third quarter i mean it was still their only lead of the game yes that is true it was the one that was most important there you go look look at me being nice to you um abang Ra came back from his non-concussion concussion seven for 69 uh that kid can ball uh, speaking of people that can ball, how about Tyreek Hill? 12 catches, 188 yards, not in the end zone because Jalen Waddle, eight catches, 106. He got two touchdowns, and Gasecki had that game ceiling one. He was three for 38. You got anything else to add from this one? Oh, by the way, Jared Goff pulled off the trifecta. He had 27 completions. One rushing yard and one catch for five yards. So there I you go. Did not see the Jared Golf catch. No, we now we had somebody pull off the real trifecta here shortly that we will talk about. Yes, we will. But first, we are gonna go to US Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, St. Paul, where the Vikings improved a six and one and probably have won the North as they took care of the Arizona Cardinals 34-26. This was a typical Vikings game where they did enough, not a lot, but enough. And it featured the go ahead and game ceiling score. I'm sorry, it wasn't the go ahead score, but it was the game ceiling score with 836 left in the fourth quarter. KJ Osborne, a five yard pass from Kirk Cousins. Are you, are you, yeah. are you looking for me here? Okay. Yeah. Um, 
as far as this game goes, Kirk Cousins did what he had to do. Minnesota is by far the best team in that division. Um, Arizona may be the their last in their division, and to be honest, they may be the worst team in that division when you really look at it, because Seattle has once again another team that we thought was going to be a basement dweller, is not a basement dweller, and is first in their division. Um, Kyler Murray had a solid game, 31 for 44, three touchdowns, but two big interceptions that really cost him there. He put up another 36 on the ground, and he was their leading rusher, which is not what, yeah, yeah, which is not yeah. what you want to see. On the other side of the ball, Dalvin Cook did Dalvin Cook things, going 20 for 111 and a touchdown. Um, Irv Smith Jr., just want to talk about this. This was the first tight end that Arizona has really kind of held under wraps so far this season. So from a fantasy perspective, I feel like you can still target them. It is kind of hard when you have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen doing what they normally do um, if you're Irv Smith Jr. But that's really all I got from this one. Kurt looks pretty good, to be honest with you. I think Minnesota wins this division running away. Fair enough. Dan, it's time to wake up. Yeah, it's really weird. I thought I turned that off. Let's move along and let's talk about one of the biggest disappointments of the week, and that is the, in the Caesars Superdome in New Orleans. The Saints took care of business, dropping the Vegas Raiders to 2-5 and five with a 24 to nothing victory. There was nothing good about this other than the fact that Alvin Kamara, well, he may get the Saints a bunch of first-round picks, although they did turn down a trade offer. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But Kamara had himself a day. A day, 18 for 62 and a score on the ground, nine catches, 96 yards and two scores through the air. That man's a monster. Oh, yeah, no, no doubt about that. I think if you're New Orleans, you have to trade Kamara just based on that contract. Just put Taysom Hill in the backfield. Well, they did turn down an offer from the Bills. It's undisclosed what exactly the Bills were going to send back. But you got to believe, how scary would that be to have Josh Allen and Alvin Kamara in the same backfield with Devin Singletary? I mean, on top of the fact that he has Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. But um, I think the bigger thing that we really need to talk about here is, I mean, New Orleans is sitting in third place. I think they're a, they're a dead team in that division, even though the division's wide open. I don't think you're going to go anywhere with Andy Dalton. We saw Cincinnati not do it for how many years? Hey, that's not fair. Um, that's not fair. The other side of the ball, though, Devontae Adams, huge game. Five targets, one reception, three yards. And negative one yard rushing. Um, Josh Jacobs came back down to earth, 10 carries. I mean, only, only 10 carries, though. He still averaged 4.3 yards, so that equals 43 yards. Is there going to be a quarterback controversy here in, in Vegas with Jarrett Sidham coming in and going eight for 13? It was garbage time, man. I think your controversy is going to be how long does first-year head coach Josh McDaniels have? Because Vegas had some pretty high expectations, and it has not panned out. Derek Carr was 15 for 26 with 101 and a pick. He was also sacked three times. So, And he had a negative one-yard rush, so really he had four sacks. Not good. And I'm also just going to say this, too. You can't be last in a division with Kansas City, the Chargers, with Kansas City and the Chargers. I'm going to act like Denver doesn't even exist um, and be two and five and expect to have any chance of making the playoffs at this point. Your season's done. Well, it may be time to see what Stidham can do. If there is there a quarterback family, if you're more uh, that's going to sound bad English, but more bad about than the cars. No, because I think Derek has had a pretty good career, But still, to be honest. David Carr was the first ever Houston Texan, and a bad offensive line cost him his career. Yeah. Derek Carr, is he's following in his brother's footsteps, and that's not good. Let's move along. Let's talk about the New England Patriots gutting out a victory over the now 5-3 and three New York Jets in New Jersey because that's where the Jets play. Nick Folk had himself five field goals from 31, 42, 49, 45, and 52. So that's a pretty good day for a veteran kicker. It surely is. 
I can't argue there. I can say, though, that speaking of struggling, Zach Wilson. Did not three, have a good game, yeah. Three picks. I mean, um, you, you could really see the turn down here with with no Brees Hall either. They only rushed for a total of 51 yards, this New York offense. Um, first game without Hall. Yeah. 15, only 15 rushes. Now, a lot of that was because they were playing behind and Zach Wilson threw 41 times. He had less than a 50% completion percentage. He was 20 for 41. He did throw for 355, two TDs, three picks. He was sacked twice. Um, and the day for Garrett Wilson, six catches, 115 yards, Tyler Conklin, six catches, 79 yards and two scores. Mac Jones, 24 for 35, 194 TD pick six sacks. It's not how you keep an ailing quarterback upright and healthy. Ramondre Stevenson, seven or 16 for 71. He also added seven catches for 72 yards. So that's maybe, a game. That's a game right there for Ramondre. I would say that's pretty good. Maybe Bill Belichick has figured it out. And this was a bounce back game against the team where Belichick has had the Jets number over the years. Um, I just want to talk about Garrett Wilson really quick. He's a rookie wide receiver getting thrown, getting the ball thrown to him from Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson can develop, I think Garrett Wilson can develop. Elijah Moore is a name I want to bring up as today is the trade deadline. Um, One target, no receptions. But if he goes to a team that has a quarterback that can throw and he's on the waiver wire for your fantasy league, he's somebody you might want to pick up. If you want to go ahead and just take a look at his stats from last season, the kid can ball. Um, one thing I just want to talk about on the other side of the ball, because I love watching him play, is he was here in Baltimore for a while. C.J. Mosley, 13 total tackles, 10 solos. Just a good all-around player. Um, this, we don't really talk about much on the defensive side, but watching this game, Mosley was all over the field. Um, that, that's all I got to add from this one. I'm Sweet. still I'm still not sold on Mac Jones. Um, I, I kind of like watching Bailey Zappi more, and that, like, I enjoy watching, not like troll the New England Patriots. So we'll see if anything develops there, if Mac Jones struggles moving forward. Well, you always like the flashy new toy over the one you've already had. Let's talk about a flashy new toy that Pittsburgh is souring on greatly. And that is Kenny Pickett, as he was unable to keep, or he was unable to put one in the loss column for Philadelphia as they rolled over their cross-state rivals, 35-13 at the link. A.J. Brown, wow, he was good. Kenny Pickett, he was not good. 25 for 38, 191, no TDs a pick, six sacks. He added 37 yards on the ground. That was it. Chase Claypool did have a highlight, a one-yard touchdown pass. And Najee Harris, he also threw the football as he was one for one for four yards. But I wish Najee Harris did more. Eight catches, 32 yards. I'm sorry, eight rushes, 32 yards. Six catches, 26 yards. It's Pat not a Fryer. good game for somebody who's supposed to carry that offense. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling here. I'm a Najee Harris owner in fantasy, and I don't really know what to do with him at this point. Do I bench him? Do I not bench him? This week I benched him. It was the wrong call, but I still won. Um, Pat Fryermuth, though, four for 57. It seems like Kenny Pickett is just going to be a check down Charlie here to to Pat and some of the some of the wide receivers as it kind of moves forward. I was very surprised to see George Pickens only getting three targets. I still believe that's Kenny Pickett's favorite target. I don't think Pickett looked terrible this game. I just think that's how good this Philly team is, if I'm being honest with you. He didn't play great, but I don't think he played terrible watching the game. Uh, somebody who didn't play terrible was Jalen Hurts. He had a quarterback rating of 140.6, 19 for 28, 285, four TDs. He was sacked three times. He added 10 more yards on the ground. Miles Sanders, nine or nine rushes, 78 yards, and a score. A.J. Brown, 11 targets, but six catches, 156 yards, three touchdowns. We had a garter Mishnu sighting. He went one for two for 23 yards in garbage time. Uh, um, they also, are who they thought we were, right? With with Philly, they are who we thought they were. Let's also point out here that um, AJ Brown yesterday morning tweeted that these drug tests aren't random, as he had a as he had a piss test in the morning yesterday. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> if I'm Philadelphia, I'm gonna I'm gonna pee test him every morning if he has games like that. Nothing really much to add here, as the because the Cowboys won, the Eagles still can't pull away in that division. 
But with the Ravens winning and the Browns winning, uh, the Steelers' life support may be the plug getting pulled. Um, I think it's scary to think, like, just from a Ravens fan's perspective, I think it is scary to know that Pittsburgh's going to have a top, a top 10 draft pick this year because you never know when they're going to turn it around. And as much as I hate that organization, they are a good organization. Or it could be the blessing that maybe the worst team in the worst run team in the North doesn't reside on the banks of Lake Erie. Let's move along. Let's go to Houston, Texas, where the Texans Houston, Texas fall. That's what I said. No, it just sounded like you were going to say Houston, Tennessee. I mean, it might as well as Tennessee owns them at this point. They improved to five and two with a 17 to 10 victory, although they may not necessarily have deserved to win this game. Uh, the Texans made this one interesting at the end with Damian Pierce catching a three-yard pass from Davis Mills to make this a one-score game. But this this was a really weird game that featured Derrick Henry coming back to what we know Derrick Henry is. Uh, Malik Willis started the game for Tennessee. He only had to throw the football 10 times. Do you know why he only had to throw the football 10 times? Because yeah, Derrick Henry, Henry ran the ball for 32, 32 times, times. For 219 yards. And let's not overlook uh, Dontrell Hillard, who ran the football eight times for 83 yards. So Tennessee. 312 yards, 314 yards on the ground. That's a lot. Derrick Henry jumped to third in rushing. Uh, And how about Robert Woods? Two catches, 26 yards. He did lose a fumble. But Robert Woods, out of nowhere, did something. Yeah, it's it's always interesting to see what happens when these guys come in like Malik Willis, because Robert Woods has kind of been like dead in a sense from a perspective of you really didn't see much from him with Tannehill throwing the ball. Um, And now with Willis coming in, which this does, this is apparently only a one game thing is um, Tannehill was sick. So and and I expect Tennessee to go back to Tannehill as well. On the other side of the ball, though, um, Tennessee did what they had to do and they stopped Pierce from getting going on the ground. Uh, he did have their load touchdown through the air. But besides that, Brandon Cooks did play. He went four for 73. He was questionable all through it with, uh, I want to say it was illness, but I could be wrong there. Um, but there, there's really not much to talk about in this game besides Derrick Henry. That's all we need to talk about. So let's move along. Uh, Washington, they went to Indianapolis and Lucas Oil Stadium and eked out a one-point victory, 17-16, to 16, thanks to Tyler Henneke on a one-yard rush with 22 seconds left. Ballsy call if you're Washington to make that call with first and goal on the one with 26 seconds left. And they did have one timeout, so maybe not as ballsy as I thought it was, but this was set up on a the strength of a 33-yard pass to Terry McLaurin and a 21-yard pass to Cam Sims and a nine-yard scramble. In, so in three plays, they went from the 36 to the one. They went from the Washington 36 to the one-yard line. Uh, that last drive started with 239 left on their own 11. And if you're, if you're Indianapolis, you have to make that stop. You cannot let Taylor Henneke go the length of the field on you in the final quarter with, with that little left in the final quarter. Sam Erlinger got the start in favor of Matt Ryan. He went 17 for 23 for 201. No TDs, one turnover. It was a fumble. He was also sacked twice. He had a 15 yards on the ground. Jonathan Taylor, 76 on 16 on the ground. He did not catch a football. Other than that, not a lot to speak of from Indianapolis. They should have won this football game. The defense um, let this team down. They absolutely should have won this football game. I want to say Ellinger had almost 30 yards called back rushing on penalties. Anytime he had a big rushing play, it was called back. I also did not understand the play call to not have him pounded into the end zone. Um, I think Hines ended up getting that touchdown there, but that may be just because I'm talking from a DFS perspective. Um, The one thing I will say with Sam going forward is I have no idea who his favorite target's going to be. This ball was spread around. Pittman still got nine targets. He had to load of the target share. Alec Pierce had those three big, those three big receptions and Paris Campbell went two for two. Paris Campbell is somebody I thought may get a little bit of of a bump here with Ellinger coming in. 
on the other side of the ball, Terry McLaurin, I think this is something we really got to pay attention to. These coming home narratives, we saw it with Jamar Chase two weeks ago in New Orleans, where he's from. Terry McLaurin's from Indianapolis, grew up an Indianapolis fan, went eight for six for 113. Um, and I have no idea what's going on in Washington's backfield. Brian Robinson goes from 20 carries last week to eight carries this week for 20 yards. Um, I don't know if that's just game flow or what it was, but I feel like when you have somebody like him, you have to give him the ball because he is your best guy in the backfield. There's no reason why Antonio Gibson should be getting seven carries. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. There's a lot to figure out in Indianapolis. Let's move along. Let's go to SoFi Stadium and completely go across the country as the San Francisco 49ers pull within a game of the Seattle Seahawks as they take care of the Rams, who fall to third place and three and four, 31 to 14. This was a back and forth contest until the fourth quarter. Christian McCaffrey, a one yard rush, put San Francisco ahead and they would not look back in the fourth quarter, able to shut down the Los Angeles Rams. 21 for 35, 235, two TDs, three sacks for Jimmy G. He added three yards on the ground. You want to talk about Christian McCaffrey right now? Because Please. he was the name Please. of the game. He threw a 34-yard touchdown pass, 18 for 94, and a score on the ground, 8 for 55, and a score through the air, and he had a fumble, but it was not turned over. Do you know the last player? Do you know the last player to throw for one, catch for one, and run for one? Oh, I just saw the it's uh Charger. Was it LT? It was LT, the Hall yeah. of Famer. 2003. Perfect quarterback rating for Christian McCaffrey. Perfect day on the ground, almost a perfect day through the air. Dude, <laughs> he did what they traded him for. I mean, I think that is a perfect day through the air. Eight for 55. I know you're referring to the one fact of the one target, but I actually want to say that that was one of those ones that was thrown at the feet. Speaking of thrown at defeat, see what I did there? I did. I did. Uh, Matthew Stafford, 22 for 33, only 187 yards, one TD, no pick, sacked twice. Um, the Rams could not get a running game going. Their leading rusher was Ronnie Rivers, eight rushes for 21 yards. That was it. Uh, look to see Kareem Hunt land there sometime later this afternoon. Cooper Cup, he said his ankle's fine, so he said he will play. Eight catches, 79 yards, and a score. That's going to be a development going forward on how good Cup is going to hold up. Yeah, I mean, I, they also said Cooper Cup didn't have a concussion in the Super Bowl last year. I still will argue that he did. Uh, um, yeah. I don't I don't have much to add from this game from the Rams side of the ball. This was a great game to watch if you were a 49ers fan or you just enjoy watching good football because that's what they played. Now, the next team we're going to talk about is Seattle. But before we get there, Seattle's overachieved this year. We can say it. It happened. It, it's happened. Man. They're Man, overachieving. I don't know. This is San Francisco's division, especially with the ad of CMC. How far have the Rams fallen? Because this week has shown that both teams that went to the Super Bowl last week have fallen far. San I mean, I've been, win saying, this division. I've been saying it kind of all offseason about Cincinnati. They have to play. They had to play a first place schedule. And I feel like that's partially showing. Um. I just don't – yeah, the Rams have fallen. I'll just leave it there. Let's talk about the game because I more so wanted to argue with you that, that this is – the Seattle's overachieving. Seattle is overachieving, but – I'm starting need, to think they, they're, they, they're not overachieving, though. Needless to say, they do improve to 5-3 and three and stay at the top of the NFC West with a 27-13 victory over the now 6-2 and two New York Giants as they could not gain any ground – on the Cowboys, how wild is it to think that the NFC the, least may be the NFC best right now? The Giants sit at six and two, and they are in third place. I know there's not a the single commanders team. Commanders are four and four, and are last in this division. So, the Commanders are out of the playoffs right now. You would actually have all four teams in the playoffs if the Commanders had the tiebreakers over the Giants. They're That's sitting, they're sitting out of the playoffs at this point. I know it's early, but because of the the tiebreaker. 
Uh, let's talk about some of these stats. Daniel Jones came back to earth 17 for 31, 176, no TDs, no picks, but he did meet the earth five times, five sacks. He also rushed the football six times for 20 yards. He fumbled, but it did not go away. Uh, unlike Tyler Lockett, we'll get to that in a second. Saquon Barkley did not have himself a good game either. 20 for 53. He did have a touchdown. He also had three catches for nine yards. Uh, other than that, not a lot of good that came from the football giants for Geno Smith just keeps rolling 23 for 34, 212, two TDs sacked three times. He added 26 yards on the ground. Kenneth Walker, the third, after having a massive game last week, he kind of came back down to earth as well. 18 for 51. He did have a touchdown and he had one catch for one yard. Uh, Tyler Lockett, five catches, 63 yards and a score, but a costly fumble. It could have cost them the football game. And the costly drop touchdown. I don't, did yeah. you see that? Well, one foot in, one foot out. It, no, no, no. He just dropped the ball. Oh, well, he had another one where he couldn't get his foot down. Uh, we also had some issues with holding the football. And I can't remember who it was, but there were a couple of turnovers in the special teams game, which was a pretty big deal going forward. And it'll be something to look at for both of these teams, but Gino keeps rolling. And right um, now the Seahawks are in first place. This is what I just kind of want to say, man. There was a comment made after the game by Tyler Lockett and said, yeah, this is what our offense can do when the quarterback's coachable and wants to listen to the, and wants to, and doesn't want to do what they want to do and don't care about who gets the credit. Ooh. Eek. Um, and uh, I'm going to be honest, based off what we've seen so far this year, it's kind of hard to argue because these are the kind of stats that we saw from Russ last year, except for they weren't winning games. And Geno's playing good football. Hmm. Kind of makes you wonder. Let's move to a game that didn't make us wonder. This was the Sunday night contest. It was at Highmark Stadium in Buffalo, and the Bills took care of business as we expected them to. With a 27-17 to 17 victory over the Packers, the Packers had a chance to make this interesting thanks to a Samori Torre 37-yard pass from Aaron Rodgers with 632 left, but they could not get it done when the game counted. Josh Allen opened this contest with two touchdowns, one to Stephon Diggs for 26 yards, one to Dawson Knox for a yard. Romeo Dobbs caught a touchdown 19 yards from Aaron Rodgers. In the first half. That was a beautiful catch, too. It really was. Isaiah McKenzie put this one really out of reach from then on with 154 left with a seven-yard rush. And then Tyler Bass made a 24-7 to going into halftime. I'm not going to lie. I stopped paying attention after that because this it didn't seem like the Packers could do very much anything. With Aaron Rodgers going 19 for 30 with 203, two TDs, an interception that really wasn't kind of his fault. He was sacked twice as well. He had an 11-yard rush, which was big late. but ultimately did not do anything. Aaron Jones, 20 for 143 and four for 14 through the air. He had a pretty decent game. AJ Dillon, 10 for 54 on the ground and one catch for nine yards through the air. They Gave could the run the ball, man. They could like, uh, that's pretty impressive when you look at that. Yeah. But if you have Aaron Rodgers running, the football is not your thing. They did go over 200 yards though. So, um, Dobbs, Looks like he's back in Rogers good graces. Bob Tunyon, solid fantasy tight end. He's going to get you at least eight to 10 points. If he scores that touchdown, that's what you want to see. Right. Um, ooh, there was something I wanted to talk about from this game. Oh, um, I said last week that I'm taking Green Bay plus the 10 and a half. They did cover by the 10 and a half. This game could have been a lot closer. Um, kind of the Green Bay's defense kind of needed to step up here. And the second quarter really got away from them. Well, if you look at it, Josh Allen threw two fourth quarter interceptions. It was kind of off. One of them did go thanks to that Torre touchdown four seven points for Green Bay. But the other one, Aaron Rodgers was hit as he threw and he was looking for Amari Rodgers. But that was an interception. And that was on the play immediately following a Josh Allen pick. And then Allen did the following drive on the Green Bay three yard line with an interception. So... Josh Allen not only threw a pick, he threw a red zone pick, which could have made this game a little bit further out of reach. Um, Green Bay dead? Is Green Bay dead? I think so. I think it may be time to start looking at life after A-Rod. They're, they're second in the division right now, though. Yeah, you can be second all you want, but if you're miles behind everybody else, 
That is I crazy. Mean, three and five second in the division, and they're three games, three games out. Yeah, and, it's and the win column. It's not good. Um, Aaron Rodgers needs help. Maybe they get that today with the trade deadline being what it is. There are some names out there. Brandon Cooks is the one that's been targeted. I'll tell you what, Elijah Moore goes there. Elijah Moore goes there. That that kid can ball. It could be interesting, and it could prolong Aaron Rodgers for a couple of more years if he has somebody to throw to. It isn't a draft pick in the fifth or later round. You think they trade back for Devontae Adams? I'll say, hey, trade backsies. (laughs) Maybe. Wouldn't be the dumbest thing the Raiders have ever done. All right, um, let's let's talk about the game of the week. This one happened less than 12 hours ago. In fact, it kicked off about 12 hours ago. That's debatable. The Cleveland Browns looked like the Cleveland Browns we expected them to look as they took care of the Cincinnati Bengals 32 to 13. They improved to three and five, a game behind Cincinnati, and I believe two games behind Baltimore as that division is certainly up for grabs, and they get their quarterback back in a few weeks. Uh, This game, it really wasn't as close as what the score indicated. This game was all Cleveland up until the fourth quarter. In fact, they were up 25 to nothing going into the fourth quarter. This was all Cleveland all the time. I mean, Nick Chubb had a game. Jacoby Brissett had the best game of his career. Amari Cooper, five catches, 150. 31 yards and a score. This was so good. If, if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, this is exactly what you want. The lone interception came off the arm of Amari Cooper. But you're, you're kind of okay with that when Nick Chubb is 23 for 101 and two scores. And it just, it Jacoby Brissett had 12 yards on the ground on six attempts and a score as well. So he went uh, with a score through the air and a score on the ground. They held Joe Burrow, who did not look comfortable at all. He was sacked five times for 39 yards, 232 yards, 15 for 35 with an interception. They held the the Bengals only run the football 10 times. They only ran the football 10 times. That's rough. That is rough. Um, That was beautiful for me because I was sweating and Joe Mixon in a, in a league and uh, sweating T Higgins and Hayden Hurst too, but those two did a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was kind of just going to let you rant about this one. I was going to sit this game out. Nick Chubb could have, you know, got at least five more yards receiving for a prop bet, but he decided to only go one for three. I mean, um, I don't care about your prop bet. I think the, the Browns best beat the Bengals. I think the best quarterback on this team is Amari Cooper, and there should not even be a quarterback controversy. Uh, well, that depends. Pre pre massage or post massage? Oh, it don't matter. Amari Cooper <laughs> all day. Um, DPJ four, four for eighty one, and uh, he he looked good. I mean, the Brown. This is the best I've seen the Browns look all year. Uh, DPJ is going to be a real threat come post massage, uh, just simply because he likes throwing the deep ball, and DPJ can get down the field. I will say that. I mean, Miles Garrett, a sack and a half. Sione Taki Taki, I love that name. Uh, 13 total tackles, and he had a sack himself. I mean, the Browns looked good. They Every aspect of the game, the Browns looked good. There's uh, That's it. There, there's nothing more you can say. Cade York did miss a field goal, but I believe it was from 53 or something like that. He did hit a 55-yarder, and he converted all three of his extra points. Evan McPherson missed a field goal and an extra point, which this as good as the Browns looked, that's as bad as Cincinnati looked like it was a bad game in every aspect of the game. It was bad. Your punt. I mean, even if you go with the punting, granted Cody Bajorquez only averaged 33.5, but Kevin Huber only averaged 36.8. You know, I mean, I mean, every aspect of this game, the Browns, kind of dominated on special teams defense offense this is browns football and if the browns can do this five more times they're in the playoffs all right let's move on well that is the end of it let's let's talk about the one trade that you are excited about and that is roquan smith is going to baltimore and the and what they get a two and a four Two and a five. five. So when you sent me this, because I was super busy with work all day, I was extremely surprised when I saw this. 
um, because the Ravens don't trade draft picks. So I'm like, what else came from this? And then I looked and Roquan Smith is only getting paid 575,000 from the Ravens and the bears are paying the rest of that contract. Um, I was very surprised on how they could do that because of the cap space issue. Oh my God. That's a huge upgrade to our, to our defense. Um, in it, the middle. Has, it needs it because you guys have been lit up a few times, especially late. With stuff I agree. Over the middle. Um, Roquan Smith knows how to get, knows how to get to the quarterback as well. And I'm excited to see what he can do here. Um, I'm looking forward to this Monday night game. All right. And I assume that is your game of the week. That is, that is going to be my game of the week. There was, I, there was a few that I was deciding between, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to make that the game of the week. All right. Go ahead and punch that in. Will you, will, I will explain our picks. We ate, I went nine and six. You went 10 and five. You picked up a game. You are still six back in the win column of me. This week, you cannot catch me as we only have three differences. We are alike on Philly beating Houston, the Chargers going to Atlanta and winning, Miami going to Chicago, and Cincinnati hosting Carolina to a victory. We differ on Green Bay and Detroit. This is going to be a bounce-back game for Aaron Rodgers. He loves playing against the Lions. Despite the fact this is in Detroit, it's still Jared Goff. Yeah, but like I said, it's it's two different Jared Goff statistically in that game. Um, and I just I just don't I love Green Bay, but I don't believe that Rodgers I think Rodgers is just done. Like I think he's not gonna say it, but I think he may mentally be checked out at this point. We're halfway through the season. He knows there's no chance of him going nowhere. I think he wants to go to Mexico and eat some hibiscus again or whatever it is. So I'm sorry, what? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers like goes to like Mexico and does drugs in the off season. That's that's bold of you to say. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a fact. All right, uh, I don't understand why this is not a Thanksgiving Day game. Um, I just I don't get it. <laughs> I don't at all. In fact, I'm looking. What day is Thanksgiving this year? Oh, um, Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> It is, uh, it is it's Thursday the 24th. It is week 12 on the schedule where we'll have the Bills and the Lions, the Giants and the Cowboys, and the Patriots and Vikings. We couldn't flex a Packers-Lions game in there. To, that seems like more of a, a Thanksgiving Day game than the Patriots and the Vikings. I just sent you the article because I know you're not going to read it right now, but I just sent you the article uh, from ESPN about Aaron Rodgers. And uh, it's not hibiscus. It's... Uh, I can't pronounce it. It's A-Y-A-H-U-A-S-C-A. Ayaska. It's something like that. Um, Jacksonville and Vegas we differ on with. I pick Jacksonville. You pick Vegas. Vegas England, is my, is my uh, Giants this year, I guess. New England, Buffalo, and Minnesota, we all agree, is going to win, as will the Raiders, Kansas City, and Baltimore. Arizona and Seattle, we differ. I got Arizona. You have Seattle. Uh, anything else you want to add to this before we sign off there, bud? Oh, our games of the week. The game of the week I have, I have the Jets in Buffalo because this will be the game where the Jets are exposed and Buffalo is going to win this one by 20. You have also picked Buffalo, so we are in agreement there. New England, Baltimore, you have the Monday night football game. It's going to be a good one, but I do believe that Baltimore will handle this one rather easily. Dan, you got anything else? Nope, I am pretty much good to go here on this one. We can go ahead and wrap this up. Holy crap, we made it well under an hour. That's some good stuff, Dan. Next week, we're probably going to be under an hour, too. There's only 13 games, so, hey, we could be two two weeks in a row and three out of four if we do it right. How about yeah, that? That's asking a lot from us. I know. But anyway, that's going to be the end of this podcast. We'd like to thank you all for listening, and as always, if your team's not doing so hot, it can always be the players be named later who can make it better. See ya.